All right. Hello. Idiots on Parade, the two ugly for TV podcast. Hi, Jake. How's it going? All is well here. We are recording Saturday, November 30th. Uh, this will post on Monday, a couple days from now. So anything happens Saturday or Sunday and we don't talk about it, that's why. Um, before we jump into things, I, I want to quick uh, give you, Jake, and any listeners a book recommendation. What's that? I uh, got at the library a couple days ago something called Your Favorite Band is Killing Me. What pop music rivalries reveal about the meaning of life? And it's a book about pop music rivalries, uh, Beatles versus Stones, Toby Keith versus the Dixie Chicks, Biggie versus Tupac. But it doesn't, it's the, the catch at the bottom. What rivalries reveal about the meaning of life is what makes it interesting. It's not just a book about, well, the Dixie Chicks said this and then Toby Keith said this. It talks about why people in society choose sides and... It's an examination of how these rivalries become more important to the sides than even the artists that are involved. And I just, I found it a really interesting I don't know. In, in Biggie and Tupac's case, I, I, I would argue that they were pretty heavily invested in that rivalry. I mean, I, I, yes. get, I get what you're saying with the other ones. I, I, it's like, oh, in, 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 in an interview with the BBC, Keith Richards said that Paul McCartney, Biggie and Tupac shot each other, man. Well, he does talk about that right toward the end, and it's a pretty interesting examination because he discusses how, and, and he tries not to trivialize it. He's very self-aware when he's examining the Biggie versus Tupac thing, and he talks about how the fact it was such a tragedy, it sort of skewed music rivalries, and we've never seen anything like that since, um, and how it even forced many musicians to grow up and look in the mirror well yeah it's kind of like how um you, you know a lot of people argue a lot in relationships you know you know who i'll bet pulls back a lot on on arguments domestically oj simpson's kids uh they're like <laughs> fuck this i'm not we're just gonna look we're gonna take a deep breath and we're gonna count to 10 uh, <laughs> i might get framed by the lapd for doing something real bad if i don't go for a walk right now linda they're gonna frame me for doing something terrible to you god damn your mind works fast that is a beautiful one right there oh that's funny. that was brought to you by coffee with with a, a chunk of butter in it either way your favorite band is killing me it's a book i recommend it let's move on Oh, um, hey! If, actually, dude, if you like that, you, I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend a podcast for you. Then there's one called Disgraced Land. Um, what it is is it's like a true crime thing that it's just about musicians. Um, I haven't I haven't caught up with it. I because I mean, there's like six seasons or something. But the first one is about Jerry Lee Lewis, and holy fuck, is that a good one? Uh, he married his like 13 year old cousin, right? Or was it just a 13 year old? Uh, I think it was his 13-year-old cousin, but it, it, it talks less about that because that's one that like everybody knew about, and that kind of knocked him down a peg in terms of his fame because it was it was huge. But um, one that it goes into in in the book is after he kind of made a comeback with his country career, he, he sort of... And this is how the podcast got its name, uh, Disgraced Land, is they called... You know how Elvis's mansion was called Graceland? Well, they called Jerry Lee Lewis's Disgraceland. Apparently, he had one in like a small town in Tennessee where he just basically uh, had had the cops bought off in his pocket. You know what I mean? It was a small police force, and he'd buy him cars and all kinds of shit. And so 
he would just have this mansion where he would just fucking run amok, and he basically, they, they're pretty sure he killed his third wife. I mean, the way it, it certainly sounded like in the podcast. But then again, you, you know my feelings on true crime stuff. It's like, oh, well, you know, you just listen to one side of the defense. Or, you, you know, one side of the... It would be like if you watched a documentary that was either made by the defense or made by the prosecution. Well, yeah, of course you'd be swayed toward that way. But that being said, yeah, it totally sounds like um, <laughs> he murdered his, I think, third wife. And then the, the, the local cops had all the investigations, you know, pulled away from the state and, and, and put to them. And I just, I just covered the whole thing up for him. He was the uh, Jeffrey Epstein of his day, only with uh, murder added to the the mix. Yeah, pretty much. the The official uh, report read that she drowned, but she was found after drowning in a bed that she apparently crawled to as she was drowning and covered in blood, which uh, was also yeah. all over Jerry Lewis's robe. So a little bit, you know, it, it, it doesn't look good for the the I guess the Prince of Rock and Roll. He considered I, himself the king. He crashed his car into the into the gates of Graceland drunk one night with a hunting knife saying he was going to kill Elvis. But, yeah, like, the guy was out of fucking control, man. I will look that up. So, Disgraceland. All right, Jake yep. and I have each given First you a First episode, Jerry Lee Lewis. It's fucking uh, great. Book and a podcast. All right, let's jump in. Um, I sent you a Wikipedia page because I had heard a sort of in-depth report and it was by a liberal side i'm not it wasn't like a fox report um it was just sort of an investigation or an overview of hunter biden's life and i didn't know well 90 percent of the shit i did know some of it but since hunter biden's in the news and everybody's talking about how he got this position just because of his dad and he's privileged and you and i have talked about it um yeah, it's it's bullshit, but it's like standard Washington D.C. bullshit. I assume that's happening with every senator's kids, every congressman, everybody. Yes, exactly. The thing with Hunter Biden—it's not good, but it's not. It's not, and I assume that it's happening ten times as much with Trump's kids. So I'm like, what are you, yeah. what, are you what are you talking about, buddy? Well, the thing with Hunter Biden is the fact that he got put on the board of a Ukrainian uh, gas natural gas company. That is like the least controversial thing in his life. Remember when Logan Paul? I think it was. Was that the guy that went to Japan and went to the suicide forest? And yeah, this guy. Yeah, he uh, Hunter Biden is pretty much like Logan Paul if his dad was was uh, congressman. Well, and, I'm just saying that uh, vice president. You pointed out rightly that Logan Paul goes to Japan and goes to the suicide forest and films someone that committed suicide, and everybody <laughs> freaks out and goes, "Oh my god, he can't believe he did that." Whereas you, and if you watch, out, yeah, if you watch the full video, it was it was not bad at all, and he he actually made a a pretty positive message about suicide. But then the other shit he did there was so much worse. Right. The other shit was him going ching chong, ching chong, and like being really racist and horrible. Yeah, just harassing people on the streets, like in public, like throwing things at people and just being a dick. Well, Hunter Biden, his story, it's amazing that we're focusing on this natural gas company because his story as a person is fucking out of control, fascinating. Oh, yeah, they need to do a true crime podcast about Hunter Biden. That'll be amazing. Well, a quick overview to anybody that, like me, as of a week ago, did not know. So I'm going to get some of this wrong because I'm doing it off memory. Uh, I, so don't don't hold this as fact, but I'm, I'm going to get uh, the overview sort of correct. So he, he has... He, is in the naval reserves, but he gets out, get kicked out, kicked out for cocaine use. He is married in 1993. 
Uh, he has three children with his wife. However, when Bo, his brother, dies of a brain tumor, remember that was big news with Joe Biden, and I sort of remembered this, but I'd forgotten about it, Hunter started fucking Bo's ex-wife, his brother's f- uh, widow. He starts fucking his brother's widow, and not like 10 years later. Hunter like, Biden is like a modern-day evil character in a Shakespeare novel. <laughs> He's yes, amazing. Exactly. It's, 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 it's like Hamlet. It's, it's like uh, Hamlet's mother taking up with uh, Hamlet's uh, uncle right after the uncle kills his father. Uh, not that Hunter killed Bo, a uh, tumor did, but either way, he starts fucking his widow. If you believe the government, sure. <laughs> <laughs> or the his doctors. tumor looked a lot like a um, a ball peen hammer, uh, you know, wound. But okay, did it take place at Jerry Lee Lewis's mansion? Anyway. It did, <laughs> right in front of the gates. <laughs> so um, while all this is going on, uh, he apparently I don't. I, this is the part where my memory gets foggy. I can't remember who the woman is, but he bangs some woman, gets her pregnant, and she files a lawsuit saying. The, that Hunter Biden is the father of my child, and he denies it up and down. He is screaming, no way, I have never met this woman, I have never slept with this woman, this woman is a liar. Well, the DNA test comes back, and it's absolutely his kid, so he's like, oh yeah, I guess I kind of did have sex with her. And well, the <laughs> DNA test is coming out. To be fair, there was two weeks in, in Arkansas that I have no recollection of. I was on a complete, <laughs> complete uh, uh, Arkansas bender. It was amazing. And so while this is coming out, he meets and gets married 10 days later to a woman. He get he got married this year to a woman he had known 10 days. This guy is just, he should be a reality show in and of himself. They should have cameras following him 24-7, not because he was put on the board of a natural gas company in the Ukraine because of fatherly connections, just because his life is so goddamned entertaining that you can't write you can't make this up if this were a sitcom people would be like well he's gonna fuck his brother's widow and then marry a woman that he's met uh, for 10 days after getting found out on a maury povich like it's too much nobody would believe it but it's goddamn real and again the it's amazing that no one talks about this aspect of his life you, you know why i don't think it happens i don't think it happens because most of the media in this country, and I mean, this is one thing that I do sort of think Trump has a point about, is that most of the media, the mainstream media in this country is left-leaning. Now, not like super far left. It, I'm talking mainstream Democrat-leaning. So, like, it'll shut out a Bernie Sanders if a Hillary Clinton's running, let's say, you know. Um, but if a, a mainstream, like a Joe Biden, if his son is like Nicolas Cage times 10... With, with, with like a huge, you know, like government backing sort of thing, you know, like he's got like power in Washington backing him. They, they won't say a goddamn thing. Whereas if this was like a conservatives kid, this would be all over CNN and MSNBC. Like they'd be talking about this guy. Not look, look at the way um, they, they talk about like the, the Palin kids. And that was what, that was a, a governor, a celebrity governor and a, a vice president nominee. And they're they're all over it when their kids fuck up. Well, to be fair, the Palin kids are just as entertaining as Hunter Biden. And in fact, I think we should see oh, they're a, great. a show with the Palin kids and oh, Hunter Biden. That would be amazing. <laughs> I, I think mean, he should marry Bristol. Oh, that would be fantastic. That's who he should marry, yeah. Dude, I mean, we should be the producers of this show. We have so many good ideas. Someone needs to listen to our podcast and give us uh, production deals.
Yeah, this is this is going to be a good one, man. Where, where should it take place? I, I, I want to say Alaska just because that does seem like one of those places that people move when they just sort of fuck up and, you, you know, like, like people are after them. They've got an alias. You go up there. That in Florida. It's got to take place either in Alaska or Florida. They already live in Alaska, so I feel like they've done that already. I'm thinking Florida this time around, man. That makes sense. I hear you. Uh, Alaska is known, as you said, um, the quote is, there are two type of people who live in Alaska, people who are born in Alaska and people who are hiding from something. So, Right. Flor- Florida the same way. Or if, if you've like retired from New York. Yeah. Either way, I, uh, I, I agree with you. I think that uh, it is just sort of a bias that covers this up. But I, I was stunned. I... And I, I do want to go down a, a scary path here. Not scary, but just sort of... It, it, it does, in a way, speak to Joe Biden's parenting, where you, you read about movie stars who were always on set and ignored their kids, and their kids grew up to be alcoholics or had no structure or discipline, and or musicians. I read... The, one, of the, one of the weirdest things I ever read was Miles Davis's autobiography, where he talked openly about being uh, a junkie and spending way too much of his time lost in a drug-fueled haze and being a shitty, not-there-for-his-kid's parent. And then yet, at the end of the book, toward the end of his book, he, he expresses complete disappointment in his son for not turning out to be anything. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it was like this really interesting twist of, you admit that you're a drug-riddled, drug-addled piece-of-shit parent, but you're pissed and disappointed in your son for not lifting himself up by his bootstraps and making something of himself when he had right, yeah. no parental guiding figure. Well, so, like there's that there's that good Cat Williams line where he's talking about addiction and, and money, and he's like, "Money makes most problems better, but addiction is not one of them." Um, that I, I think I think the way he put it was, I mean, this wasn't even like a punchline. This was just like a good thought. It was like, if if you take a hardcore uh, alcoholic and give him $20, he will get as drunk as he can off that $20. If you give that same hardcore alcoholic a million dollars, you did not make that problem any better. And that's kind of the, the thing with Hunter Biden, is he's got all that money, he's got uh, a sort of setup where it's like, you know, he's this powerful politician's kid, he's not really going to get in the same kind of trouble as most people would unless he fucking kills somebody, and even then maybe, you know, he'd be alright. But, uh, you know, given the circumstances. So, he's just going to go fucking crazy. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, what I was leaning toward, and I hate sounding judgmental, but I'm human and humans judge, is it makes you, it makes me wonder how much time Biden spent, Joe Biden spent crafting policy and governing that was sort of, I don't want to say neglectful toward the kids, but I, I guess I don't know enough about Bo to wonder if it was just one black sheep, if Bo was a straight and arrow and, and, and go-getter and achiever. I, mean, I can only judge from the outside, but it is interesting, like I say, that, that he may have spent too much time in Washington, and then you have the wild child that was just brought up in privilege without any real consequences. It's true. and um, I, But that's the thing, is if you're, if you're a, a big politician like that, you're pretty much, you're kind of hiring people to do those types of jobs anyway you know like you're hiring tutors and nannies and 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 all this stuff and so you're just sort of 
I, I think by definition of the job, you're not at home as much as, as like, a, you know, let's say a guy that works in a factory or something. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I, again, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm going off on tangents and I'm not trying to compare, but what you just said made me think of it is, uh, how, how was your Thanksgiving quickly? Cause that's where I'm going with this. Oh, it was good, man. I, um, I, I actually, I, I didn't go with Amy to Pennsylvania. I stayed here because I, I had to work like the day before and the day after. And so I went to Flushing and got a whole roasted duck and snuck that into the movie theater. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> duck. I used yes. to sneak candy in as a kid, but I've never I've I heard snuck of people sneaking duck. beer in. Before you could and, buy and vodka and duck. vodka and soda, I was mixing cocktails and eating roasted duck and pork butts. It, it, it was amazing. What did you see? Uh, Parasite, Re- oh. really good movie, man. Um, it's it's a Korean movie. You should check it out. All right, under right next to Jojo Rabbit, I, I second favorite movie I've seen this year. Fair enough. Well, the reason I bring it up, and I'm, this is the wraparound to Biden, is. Um, my wife took the kids to was was taking her kids to her grandmother's in southern Iowa for the holiday, and um, she left Wednesday. I'm going to make this up two three p.m. I forget could be four p.m. I I fucking have no memory. So it was in the afternoon, and I went to the gym, and about twenty minutes in, my wife calls me and says, "Hey, I'm turning the car around. Uh, Hillary, my daughter, seven years old." Uh, says she's sick and that she's going to throw up and I can't take her down to a family function, you know, I can't you know, getting everyone sick there. Sure, so she sure. brought her back and so thanks uh, just the two of us had Thanksgiving and it, it was really nice, like just me and her. Uh, I put her downstairs where she was feeling sick and said, okay, here you watch some TV, I have all these presents to wrap and then on Thanksgiving, when she was feeling better that night, we, we did a couple things. We had dinner together, and then we woke up, and I brought up the Christmas tree, and she decorated it, and I, I praised her. And I'm like, look at how creative you are. I really like And then I gave her the presents I had wrapped to put under the tree. It was just this neat little thing where what you said made me think of it. It's, it's not tutors and nannies and people taking care of your kid for you. It was just me and her, and she, she loved it. She kept... Uh, the, she just enjoyed the shit out of it, where she got to decorate the tree all by herself. So it's like her creation, and her mom will come home and see it and say, "Oh, you did a great job with the tree." It was it was just neat. I, I really enjoyed it. So basically, what you're saying, because of that, she's not going to grow up to uh, uh, do a bunch of drugs, get some chick pregnant in Arkansas that he, that she doesn't remember, and then bang her own siblings' uh, dead spouse. I am going to point to Thanksgiving 2019 nice. as the prevention to everything you just mentioned. Yes. Fucking A. Joe <laughs> Biden should have done that. <laughs> he should have spent at least one Thanksgiving alone with Hunter. Or at least got drunk with him one time and snuck a duck into a movie theater. Yes. That was pretty cool, too. I think that would have helped somehow. Actually, no, I think that might have made him turn out worse. So <laughs> my, my degenerate uh, sneaking duck into, into movie theaters Thanksgiving Fun, but uh, prob- probably not the best for kids, especially with, with the vodka. <laughs> probably not. Well, speaking of, um, how do I put this, no consequences, how about no remorse? Bill Cosby uh, did an interview, and man, he, he how deep is he into his prison sentence? He gave an interview uh, November 25th. Uh, I can't find what I'm thinking of. Is how deep he is. He's maybe say he's a year yeah, it sounds about right. Pre- about a year. Defiant. 
He is defiant. He is saying that, fuck you, I will sit in jail for the entire time of my sentence. And he said, I will not be paroled, because when you go before the parole board, they ask you to show remorse, and I have absolutely no remorse for anything because I did nothing wrong. He's he's sticking to his guns. Yeah, he. I think that's the right move for him. Uh, reason I say that is you got to... In the entertainment industry, you got to think, like, what is your demographic you're going after? What is your niche? Especially now that it's not, you know, it's not the time of, of, of Johnny Carson anymore, where that, that's the one thing everybody's watching and you got to get all that. There's all these different avenues. So everything's fractured, everything's splintered off. You got to find your niche. Now, a lot of people think that when you've raped over 85 people, what you should do is try to apologize for that and get back in the good graces of you know the majority of society, the bigger demographic, the demographic of people that don't like sex crimes. Now, Bill Cosby is making the smart move of going, well, I don't think I don't think they're gonna like me anyway. You know what I mean? It's not like the people who don't like sex crimes are gonna be like, well, he got out and said, hey, I know I raped 85 women. Sorry about that. Please come see my new show. You know? (laughs) So he is like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna do a niche thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna Alex Jones this one. I'm gonna go, you know, he goes for the tinfoil hats in the basement, you know, the people that hate uh, you know, regular news, all all forms of I, I don't know, basically normal society. He has to go after the people that hate women and are pro-sex crime. So that's going to, you know, unfortunately, now, is it going to be smaller venues? Yeah, sure. But he was never going to pack the arenas anymore anyway. He's get, he's getting a passionate fan base. They're gonna they, they're with him. They're with him one hundred percent. And it's uh, he's he's doing yes. Um, he's doing his own version of the movie Three Hundred. He doesn't have the biggest army, but he has the most passionate and loyal army. Right. His move is to get on Patreon and and just charge. A, a subscription, put your podcast out on, on on a Patreon subscription, and just you know the thing about women lying and making things up, you know, and and then all the incels at everybody are gonna are gonna pay him money. That's 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 it. That's his future. It's um, also an interesting play to know that today there's always like with the flat earthers or the vaccinations cause autism. It doesn't matter what the facts are. You can always find someone to believe what you want them to believe if you just stand firm. So, like, we always joke, well, there's always he said, she said, or he said, she 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 said, you know. As long as he maintains his belief, there will be enough idiots out there, enough detractors who say, yeah, you know what? All 85 of those women probably are lying. You know what? I think that gives me an idea. What he needs to do, um, showing no remorse is not enough. He also, he's got to find something else to cling to. I think he should, the next interview he does, he's got to tell people the earth is flat. You know? Because here's the thing. Um, believing Bill Cosby is innocent, pretty crazy. That being said, if I can, if you can convince me that the earth is flat, you can definitely convince me that it's a case of he said 87 of them said. You know, like that's that's way less crazy than thinking the earth is flat. So I say he's got to go after that demographic. I 
I can't think of the joke I heard, but it was a fantastic one, and it plays into what you're saying right now, um, where the guy said, if anyone ever hits you with something crazy, don't argue with them. Like if someone says the earth is flat or vaccinations cause autism or the moon landing was faked, what you have to do is out-crazy them. You have to agree with them and then take it one step further. And that's kind of like what you're saying. Yeah. Like when you meet a flat earther, like, dude, I believe the earth is flat. Dude, me too. And Bill Cosby is totally innocent. Well, well wait a second. I believe the earth is flat, but 87 women. What? You, you, you're buying into big media, big woman media, big feminism? I mean, you just hit them with something even more crazy. <laughs> and then, so that's fantastic. Yeah, but then again, I, I think that... For a lot of those people, it doesn't really, they don't really hit rock bottom with their crazy conspiracy theories. Look at look at Alex Jones. Did you listen to the interview with him on Rogan, the last one? Like Not the second ago. one, the the first one where they, uh, I, or wait, did he? No, that was uh, Roseanne Barr that came back a second time recently that I couldn't listen to because she just, she went so off the rails so quickly that it wasn't interesting. Like when Roseanne Barr was in the midst of all the controversy, it was it was interesting listening to her. But a year later, it seemed like a retread. I did not. Yeah. Uh, the Alex Jones, I could only take it to a certain point, And then I was just like, done. I'm like, this guy is certifiable. And I just, I couldn't get through it. That's what honestly it made it it made it better, but th that was the fun part because the first like forty five minutes it's him uh, trying to drastically backpedal on the Sandy Hook stuff, you know, because right. that's that's ruining him. Um, he I heard then that, but then he kept on. going off on tangents. He's like, "Why does everybody keep talking about Sandy Hook when interdimensional space yeah. beings are coming through pigs' nostrils and creating yeah. human animal hybrids or whatever the fuck and he was and all these about. yeah all these crazier theories and so. I, I think it, if you try to go crazier, Alex Jones fans will still believe that conspiracy because he's talking about vampires and aliens and the Pentagon. It, like it, it was, it was fucking nuts. Everything else he talked about on that show was way less crazy than any of the Sandy Hook conspiracies, which are still pretty goddamn crazy. Way more crazy, you mean? Yeah, yeah. His his. The other ones he brought up about vampires and shit, way more crazy than the government faking a mass shooting. Now, it's still pretty goddamn crazy, but it at least involves humans and not fictional characters from sci-fi novels. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, like, yeah, theoretically, humans doing something much more feasible than interdimensional vampires doing something. Well, I think the difference is the crossover. You With, with Alex Jones, you're dealing with Alex Jones. So... I, I think what I the joke I was suggesting that I heard is you mix crazy. Alex Jones is just a as a uh, runaway train to destruction. Whereas if someone talks about the moon landing being fake and you bring up something even more bizarre, like uh, just mentioned, that's where they sort of like the Bill Cosby thing. That's where they could try and they they can't mix the crazy. You know what I like to do is I like I like to that's what I like to do though, man. I don't like to necessarily go crazier. What I like to do is I try to make like um, uh, Franken conspiracies, uh, conspiracy hybrids, if you will. Uh, if someone starts talking about the moon landing, let's say, I'll be like, yeah, and then I'll I'll agree to it. Like, look at this picture. You can tell. Look at look at the background. Exact same background of one of the bedrooms in Jeffrey Epstein's townhouse in in the Upper West Side. You know, right. and and you just start combining it. He gave those kids autism. You know, you just you just start combining conspiracy <laughs> theories. 
Well, speaking of uh, crazy trains, uh, shifting to the next news topic, the Democrats seem to have uh, dialed their particular band of crazy back a little bit. Um, They are increasingly saying that scrapping private insurance for Medicare for all is probably not the way to win the next election. Um, This happens a couple of weeks after Obama said that Democrats should sort of remain centrist if they want to be electable and it it's i found that interesting because for a while warren and um sanders were leading the pack and they were both screaming medicare for all and now even um warren is dialing it back just a little bit saying that i think she said she um now where is that i thought she said that you could keep your own private insurance like she was just just yeah, man. Back a little. And I know we've talked about this before. I I really like the idea of of giving everybody insurance. I I think that's a great one. It does get dicey for me when you start talking about completely axing out any kind of private insurance. You know, people should still have the option to use the insurance they have. And I think it's sort of it's a little bit off target when we go how can we get everybody covered? How can we get everybody to see a doctor? That kind of thing. I, I mean, it's good, but to me, you got you got to get that shit cheaper. You got it. You got to find a way to lower the cost of medical care in this country. Not not insurance, but the medical care itself. If hospitals can sit there charging people in hospitals like a hundred dollars for a fucking aspirin, it doesn't matter how we pay for that. That's that's doomed. That's not a good system. I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, I, I'm I can continue down that path in a second. the The thing with me, is, uh, my thought is, the older you get, the more you understand that, for the most part, not always, but for the most part in life, all change is incremental. And the idea that someone wants to get elected on the premise of blowing something up, that to me is not enticing the the idea that you should say yes everyone should be insured absolutely everyone should be insured so let's take what we have and continue to improve it not wipe it clean and start from scratch that's to me it's the same thing trump was saying we said we're going to get rid of obamacare we're going to have this new trump care it's going to be awesome warren is doing the exact same thing when she says we're going to get rid of private insurance and we're going to have medicare for all Blowing something up for the sake of making a platitude does not interest me. I that's I, I kind of like Buttigieg right now, who comes out and says, "We just need to continually improve. Let's get better. Let's work hard." That that's life. Nothing in life. Look at Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam derailed their career because they took on Ticketmaster. They said, "We're not going to play in Ticketmaster venues," and they lost a huge fan base over the several years they 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 dropped out of the spotlight because and even they came back around and said you know what we realized you can't turn the titanic on a dime not that quote but they said everything works very very slowly and we will continue to work for better ticket prices we went around we went about it the wrong way that being said i did read an article yesterday that said that pearl jam is actually polling two points higher than pete Buttigieg in iowa right now um it, most of the candidates uh, pearl jam is doing better than how could they not i would vote for pearl jam in a second absolutely but no i it's i i i get where people are coming from when they they start talking about how 
the the government should be socializing medicine and all that kind of stuff but it, it's extremely idealistic and it, it I, I think when people talk about the government controlling meta, medical care in the country they're picturing they have this idea in their head that looks like norway you know where like all the prisons right. are like three-star hotels and they you know like like smaller european countries that have done this they implemented this really well they have smaller population they don't have you know 350 million people whereas i sort of picture when i go to the va and that looks very different from what they're picturing in norway the va fucking sucks if that's what government health care is going to look like you don't want that i promise you yeah uh, I, I, I have not had experience with the VA, but from every goddamn thing I've heard and seen and read, it does not sound, uh, exciting. Well, okay. So I have to go through a medical detector and put all my stuff on a conveyor belt, uh, like, metal, like the metal. TSA just to get in through the, yeah, like on the, all the, all the, you take everything out of your pockets, you put it on a thing, goes through a conveyor belt, like the airport, you know, you walk through. Uh, the the little metal detector gate thing they wand you every like it's a pain in the ass right and then it fucking takes forever when you're in there it I okay I had a weird thing on my back that I just wanted to make sure wasn't um, skin cancer you know because my, my my grandpa had that and it, it seemed to be a mole that kind of felt funny you know and it wasn't there before and I was like I should get it checked out plus I had this weird scrape that wasn't healing so I was like ah, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna make sure that neither one of these things are cancer. You know, that, that's all I want. I set up the appointment. For one thing, it took me over a month to get in there, you know, to even go see the doctor. And I get there. It took me over two hours to get out of there. Over two fucking hours. Uh, and she ends up looking at it like, oh, I don't think it is, but I want to set up an appointment for a dermatologist. And I'm like, well, who the fuck are you? And she's like, I'm your primary care doctor. And I'm like, ah. God damn it. So now I got to, these guys called me. I got to call them back to set up another appointment. And yeah, like it's just a goddamn mess. It's a huge um, system that's overworked. It's a huge bureaucratic mess. And so I, you know, and I always have these like super like left leaning ideals when it comes to shit like that. I'm like, yeah, man, most developed countries, healthcare is free. And then, you know, we should have that. Because we're a super developed country. And then I go to the VA and I'm like, oh yeah, that's why we can't have nice things here. We would fuck it up. We'll turn it into the goddamn subway system. We'll turn it into Starbucks with homeless people shitting themselves while you're trying to enjoy a latte. Well, uh, to be fair, and I don't disagree with you, I'm just going to expand it, expand everything you just said into the private healthcare system. Uh, two quick stories. One I'm sure I've mentioned, and then two is a sort of newer one. Um, we we have great health insurance. My family does because of my wife's job, and it's with the University of Iowa, which is just a fantastic uh, health provider. However, when it comes to my wife needed to make an appointment to see a specialist recently, uh, they were booked like four or five months out. I mean, she 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 said, okay, I need to see the specialist. Oh, and the next appointment is in March or April. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? So it's almost no different from what you describe at the VA. Um, right. So the, but the other story is one I'm sure I've told on here. You talk about going somewhere and not getting out for two hours and as far as cost. And goes, then they didn't even really, like she looked at the back and was like, um, I don't think it's anything, but I want you to see a dermatologist to make sure. And I'm like, well, that's what I made the fucking appointment for. Like, what do you, right. what have I been waiting here for over two hours for? What, what are you doing? 
Well, I mean, I've told this story before, I'm sure, but uh, I had a skin tag. I showed my wife. She said, oh, you should get that looked at. I said, I'm going to just cut it off with some scissors. And my wife freaked out and said, don't you dare cut that off with scissors. You go see a doctor. So I made an appointment. Appointment was for two o'clock. I show up at 1.55. I'm early. I'm a good boy. I fill out the forms. I sit in the waiting room for 15, 20 minutes. They take me back. The, 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 Nurse takes my blood pressure and says the doctor will be in in a minute. The doctor comes in in 20 minutes, so I've already been there 40 minutes waiting. Um, The doctor comes in with a student, because it's a university hospital, and says, do you mind if this student uh, is in training today? Do you mind if they, whatever, and I will observe and make sure they don't kill you? And I say, fine. And I show him the skin tag, and the student says, oh, all right, well, let's get some scissors and cut that off. Cuts off (laughs) just like I was going to. Nice. So I get out of there. It takes about an hour and when I get the bill, my insurance covers most of it. Say I paid $15, $20, but the bill was for something fucking absurd. I don't remember the amount. I just remember looking at it going, are you fucking kidding me? He was. I saw the doctor or the student for less than five minutes, and the bill was outrageous, and it took up an hour of my life, roughly, including parking and waiting and waiting and waiting. And I'm like, this is not a great system either. Right, yeah, because what, what what has happened because of all all the insurance in our country is the 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 people that write the bills know that they're not really handing the bill to a person; they're just dumping them in algorithms. You know, right there, and and the insurance company will pay so much, and so it, we come back with a number that's that's X amount. They come back with a lower one, and then the we meet in the middle and it's all based on algorithms you know what i mean in in computers you're not it's not just a thing of handing somebody a bill and them looking at it with their human brain going you charged me six hundred dollars to cut a skin tag off with scissors fuck you you know and and so that's why it, it makes me i get very skeptical when their their whole thing is oh well we just need to get more in you know, insurance is the answer, and that's, you know, I, I'm not saying getting people insured is, is a bad thing. We should absolutely be trying to do it, but I think the most important step in that is making healthcare cheaper because if you're charging that insurance company that much, then that's that's why health insurance premiums are so fucking expensive. Like, like we're paying for that somehow. Yeah, um, Another that's why our copays sometimes are like eighty seven thousand dollars, and then they'll cover (laughs) anything after the first eighty seven grand. Exactly. Well, that's my wife um, got offered a job last month, and she almost took it. It was I'm not going to go into details, but it was an outrageous raise. We are talking like insane. But then when she looked into it. It was going to cost, um, because right now her insurance is through her employer, and so the the new employer had different insurance, and almost half of that raise was going to be eaten up by health insurance covering us. So she didn't take the job. She's like, well, I'm sure I'd make more, but given, like, she didn't dislike her current job, and they they did give her a raise at her current job, because that's what they do, is they're like, oh, shit, we're going to lose you. We'll give you a raise. But the whole point is, why take more money if you have to spend a, a huge chunk of it on insurance when everything is taken care of so many of them they either charge a shitload in premiums or they do like i was just saying where it's like all right your deductible is now a hundred grand do you want to double down on your health uh, how much have you been going to the gym you've been eating good hopefully you don't get sick yeah low pre low premiums huge deductible 
All right, let's do one more story. I sent you this last minute this morning because I thought it was interesting. Uh, it just happened, um, I guess, yesterday or the day before. Kid Rock got drunk and was dragged off stage, and he's now being accused of uh, being racist because he went on, and this is the part I find interesting, he went on a rant against Oprah Winfrey, Joy Behar, and Kathy Lee Gifford. And he's being called racist. Now, nowhere in any story I've looked up, I, I have looked at several of them, and he tells Oprah Winfrey to go fuck herself, Kathy Lee Gifford, but nowhere does he drop the N-bomb, nowhere does he say black people are inferior, nowhere does he say anything about African Americans, he literally just says, fuck Oprah Winfrey, Joy Behar, and Kathy Lee Gifford, and I have found a fuck ton of headlines calling him racist. It's That's what I was saying before, it... While while Kid Rock was saying that he didn't like Oprah Winfrey and Joy Behar, and and now the the media says that makes him a huge racist. At the same time, at a venue right next door, Hunter Biden was on stage skinning a live cat while screaming the N word. Nobody cared. Nobody said anything about it in the news. Yeah, I mean it's look, and I'm not defending Kid Rock. I think he's a goofball idiot. Oh, that oh has, yeah, yeah, has views that I don't agree with, but. It's because he's a conservative. That's why he's taking this speech heat. Yeah. Now, he was definitely a drunk shithead. Yeah, but they, they overreact. How, they always overreact with shit like three women, two white women, and one black... Maybe, maybe at best, if they really wanted to, they could call him sexist because he went on an anti-woman tirade. But the idea that because he criticizes someone of color, he's automatically racist. And I... Maybe he's just criticizing Oprah, because that's what he seems to be doing is, I don't like Oprah Winfrey, and now that somehow gets conflated and becomes, you don't like any women of color, or you hate all people of color. It's it's just I bizarre... watched the video, in the, the TMZ one, it looked chopped up, but there was a couple times where he mentioned something along the lines. Now, it's hard to understand, because they're like blaring music. I don't, was he at a strip club or something? What he the was hell was that? a bar he owns in Nashville. Okay, yeah. He got were, dragged like, off the stage of his own bar. His own yeah. employees were like, dude, come on. Right, yeah. They, the security had to drag, drag him on the stage. But he said something along the lines of, oh, you want to call me racist? I'm not racist. Blah, you know, and I think he seemed to be alluding to it. Now, it's, that's hard to determine because he was fucking, he was clearly blacked out drunk. And you hear the person taking the video go, wow, Kid Rock is blacked out drunk right now. Right. But um, it sounded like he was saying something along the lines of, I don't like being called racist just because I I don't like, you know, Oprah Winfrey and Joey Behar and stuff like that. Um, that being said, it did not come out anything like that it was just him sort of stumbling that out but he didn't i i didn't hear him say anything about you know about oprah winfrey being black or him not liking black it, that's people people get people fucking over conflate things they, they're like look this guy he's a drunk who, who made an ass of himself and was going on some weird rant about uh you, you know left-leaning public entertainers and stuff and yeah, he's a shitbag. He's a douchebag. But I, yeah, people, people, people overreact to things, especially if it's if it's somebody who's conservative. And right, I think that's 
Absolutely what it is, because I don't know if you remember this, but in 2014, we're going back five years, Justin Bieber was caught, uh, there are videos of him dropping the N-bomb in racist jokes, and didn't seem to blow up his career. I mean, I remember it was a controversy at the time. I had to Google when it happened, because I don't remember remember it, and it says here on my screen that it was 2014. It it didn't derail it. I mean, he's just not as popular as he was, but it's not... Every time you hear Justin Bieber, the automatic response is not, oh, he's a racist. Remember when he used the N-word? Right. That seems to be pretty much forgotten. So to, Now, to, if the media heard him say one pro-Trump comment, I'll bet that would change immediately. Yes, that is true. That is true. Um, I'll bet if he comes out with a MAGA hat tomorrow going... Um, yeah, I, I just I, I like the the tax cuts he's doing for businesses. I think that helps grow the economy. I think you, you know what I mean. And not even mentioning anything about immigration, just kind of going, yeah, I like his I like his tax policy. I, I like that he's he, he's he's pulling troops out of the bit. I like, like if he if he would just said some stuff like that, then the media would go back and dig up those tweets. Did you see these racist tweets from two years ago? That this racist Trump supporters like yeah, they're 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 completely. That is one thing that I, I will agree with conservatives on is that the that the media has a total blind spot for anybody who's left leaning when it comes to this shit, and and a complete hard on when it's anyone conservative. And I, I don't agree with I would say most of what Kid Rock says. No, me neither. But I'm not automatically going to call him a racist because right. he doesn't like one person of color. If he is specifically ranting about one person and he's talking about them as a person and what he doesn't like about them. I do not apply because again, there were two white women on stage. Why is he, you know, he's Joy Behar not on stage? I'm sorry. There were two white women that he blasted too. That seems to be immaterial to the people. Now he did he did bring up like racism, like him being called a racist for not liking them, right? And him not, you know, and but which yeah, it was it was awkward, and it's like what are you what are you talking about? But that. If anything, the only time he mentioned anything racial was him not liking being called a racist for his political views. And then ironically, it's like, oh, look, this guy's a racist because of what he said just now. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Well, uh, anything you want to uh, promote before we take off? Um, I gave yeah. my book recommendations, so that's about all I got going on. My December, I can't really promote any shows because... They're all corporate functions, which means they are private, private, private. So, yeah. Ne- next Friday, I'm going to be in Westchester. Go check that out if you're in the area. Uh, what's the uh, date on that? That would be. Uh, the, the, this, I think the this sixth. This coming Friday. This will post on Monday, so five days yeah. from now, as you hear. Yeah. This. Oh, uh, Ple- Pleasantville. Sorry, I'm, I'm in Pleasantville. Sixth, um, December sixth. Yeah. That will be. Yep, uh, December sixth. So go check that out. I will be doing a roast battle uh, actually tomorrow night. So that will have already happened. Um, at the stand, so there yeah, nothing, n- nothing upcoming. Um, let's see, the twelfth, I got uh, a show. Me and me and Amy are producing at Catch and Astoria, so come see that. Uh, let's see, yeah, go watch the movie Parasite. That was really good. Well, there you go. All right, go watch the movie Parasite. Read the book. Uh, your favorite band is killing me. And most importantly, spread this podcast around to all your friends. Tweet it, text it, uh, pick up their phone and hit subscribe for them. Uh, visit jakevever.com. Visit nathantimmel.com. Yes. Oh, right. and if you guys want to hear another podcast I do, it's uh, Love Gurus. It's We take uh, crazy questions from Yahoo Answers uh, in, in the dating section and read them on the show 
while we riff on them with comics, make fun of whoever wrote it, and drink a little bit of white wine because it's on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and then say nice things about us, write nice reviews. So, all right. Thank you for listening. We will see you again in a week. Later. Later.